0: You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as always by my co host, the editor of The Smoking Cuban. What you got for me,
1: Isaac? Derek Harper, bro. It's Derek Harper's night. Nobody else is. Not Carlisle's, not ESPN's. It's Derek Harper's night. Will the real D12 please stand up? Man, what a fun night. Like, I mean, the game sucked. Just take the game out. Just. Think of it that you went to the... game was exciting re- at some points, though. So the no, game it wasn't.
0: Is, it wasn't... It was.
1: I didn't enjoy this game. But I enjoyed coming for the Derek Harper extravaganza. Yeah! Nick's holding up the shirt right now. Super Guy, cool. That guys, sh-
0: don't tell anyone I took a t-shirt. I'm really not supposed to.
1: I'm not going to comment on that because Nick... <laughs> Nick getting trouble Because I would never take t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> Plural <laughs> So I can literally see your closet In the back with all of the t-shirts Barb and I might be wearing That same shirt tonight no, um, Well you had to take uh, But anyway No I mean it, it was a cool night um, Game aside The halftime took for I mean it took forever but it was awesome All the way around though
0: yeah, it was definitely – it was it was well-deserved. Love to see Harp up there. T- tonight, for me, personally, was an education. Like, I, you know, I didn't grow up here. I didn't really have much frame of reference for Derek Harper. But just hearing all the guys talk about him, hearing, you know, Rolando Blackman talk about him, hear, uh, hearing uh, Dick Mata, the former Mavericks yeah, man, coach, coach talk about Mata, him was so man. cool, hearing that kind of stuff. Uh, and just hearing how good Derek Harper was because I, you know, in I, I was born in 92, so – i did not you know grow up watching him at all and so and there's you know there's clips on youtube and stuff like that and i've watched a bunch of those but the guy was a really really good player and really really well respected throughout the league hard worker dick Mata specifically said that he you know was never late he never had to find him and he's like i never i never had to take any of his money (laughs) for fines or anything he was never late you know he's Always on top of it, you never had to push him because he was always pushing himself. And I just thought that it was it was great just to hear that. Uh, I loved his humility. I loved Derek Harper's humi- humility. There's several times when uh, he was like, "Man, this night is so awkward for me and so weird because you know, I'm not really making it. I'm not really used to it being about me." And even specifically when he came to talk to the media after the game, he said, "This is the first night that has ever been just solely about me," and that kind of made me think like. Interesting. Should we do stuff like that more about players when they're actually playing, you know, instead of just remembering them years later? Because how? how what percentage of the crowd actually, like, watched Derek Harper and was there for games? Like, 10%? 5%? Yeah,
1: yeah it's cool. He, he made a reference. He said, where's the reunion rowdies out there? And, you know, we all That was awesome.
0: That was really cool.
1: We, we say ourselves, uh, call ourselves now, you know, MFFLs, Mavs fans for life, and, uh, the reunion rowdies, you know, the, those are the originals back in the reunion uh, arena, and just everything with that, and you know, Dallas history. It's you know, it's it's fairly new. You know, it's not a franchise that has you know been around since the the dark ages or whatever. Yeah, it
0: started in 1980, and if uh, a lot of teams started back like in the 50s, like the Lakers, most of their chain like six of the championships I think are from like the 60s <laughs> so that's wild and the
1: 50s. so like in and for the Mavericks you know we start off the, those first couple of years first like two or three years and they were just horrible I mean and you expect it I mean their expansion team yeah uh, Dick Motta was the head coach and first coach in franchise history that's why it was so cool to for him to be introduced tonight as yeah. the first friend coach in franchise history he even made the reference you know for Derek I would have crawled here and you know he lives far away away long ways away and And
0: he was not getting up to the podium very quickly let's just put it that way dude is uh he's
1: yeah he's getting up there in age i mean and that's you know i told my dad tonight as i call my dad after every game and i was telling he's like man i thought he died a long time ago and i was like no man he's he's still there and but really that the first um i wrote about appreciating harper's legacy you know before the game today over the past day or so and it's really that first when Harper got drafted in '83. Mavericks brought in had this core that really was the first really good team for the Mavericks, and Harper was spoiled. He, and they made the playoffs the first four years he was in the league, and that last um, that last playoff run in that span, they had arguably their best their best team in franchise history up until the, the early Dirk years, with the Derek Harper, Mark Aguirre. Rolando Blackman, Brad Davis, like all of that, and that team would have been cool. so
0: much better today than it than even was then. Oh yeah, because you could played and, all four of them together, and you don't, They don't. They didn't do that back then.
1: And Mata said, he said, man, I, and of course he's biased, but he said I had the best three guard you know rotation ever. Yes, and uh, that was really cool. It was really cool hearing Brad Davis's humility too, of because when you look at you know, Harper's career, you know, first couple of years he he came off the bench. I mean, you. His, he was literally backing up Brad Davis and Rolando Blackman. Yeah. The only two other two jerseys in the Rafters. <laughs> and so. <laughs> yeah,
0: what a backup.
1: So when you. And, and then he takes over the starting role, and Brad Davis used that time at the podium tonight to talk about that. And he said, you know, it was like halfway through the season, and, you know, they came up to him and said, hey, I th- we think Derek's, you know, ready to start. We're going to you know replace him basically you know replace you with Derek in the starting lineup and brad said he looked at him and said well it's about time like <laughs> and uh, that he was expecting it too because yeah. Derek was so good and the most memorable series and it was against your boys was <laughs> man that that series against the lakers and they it was the farthest they made it in franchise history up until that point they made it to the conference finals they put out one and them in the first round uh, second round, they put out Fat Lever and uh, Alex English and uh, the Nuggets and stuff, and so then they face up against Magic and Worthy and them and Old Kareem and in the Western Conference Finals. And man, what a series! Like they went down, they went down one two in the series. Is Game Four, I'm pretty sure, is that reunion, and that's when Derek Harper put up his big time game. Derek, uh, that's when Harper finished with thirty five seven and six. This big-time game, point guard going against Magic, um, and it was just huge. You know, they end up losing this series uh, where they put up 20, 30 points in that last game seven, and uh, but just the fact that that Mavericks team, that core, took that Lakers team to game seven, and you know, they, they missed the playoffs the next year. They made it again right after that, the year after, and they didn't go anywhere, and then it was the dark years for the Mavericks. Yeah. And um,
0: you're talking about you're ta- that Lakers team like you say old Kareem and that, but you're talking about a Lakers team that went to the finals like 8 out of the 11 year like 8 out of the 10 years in that decade. I mean that is yeah. that that team was like the Warriors now. You know, you look at that team and and that was such a big, you know, hurdle to to climb over. Uh you you mentioned Harper in his uh his big game against the, the Lakers. He also had some really really big games when he played for the Knicks. Uh, in the finals, yeah. and so it just seemed like he he led the team in scoring. I think three out of their their five or six games they played in the finals, and so you look at that and you say, man, he is a guy that really stepped up, to, you know, stepped up to the plate in really really big games.
1: And it was just, it it was the two way of of Harper, right? That when you look at maybe some of the box scores and stuff, like Mark Aguirre was the score. I mean, Aguirre put up, I mean, he had some crazy averages yeah. uh, there for a four Rolando or five too. year span. And yeah, and Blackman too. Like you know, they were multiple time All Stars with the Mavericks, and when Harper wasn't. But when you look at Harper's uh, career and stuff, like you saw, it It was mentioned different times tonight the defensive mentality that Harper had. I
0: love, and, I love what Rolando Blackman said when he was on the on the podium, and he goes, "Practices, practices were the worst. I, playing in a game, the basketball basketball came so much." easier playing in an actual game because I didn't have to face that man over there playing defense. And he pointed at Derek Harper and he was like, I had to face him in practice every single day. And he made me a better basketball player for it. I just thought that was so great.
1: Yeah. And even Brad Davis uh, on the Jumbotron, they said, you know, he said, people ask me who's the hardest, you know, guard defensive wise, you go up against. He said, Oh, that's easy. It's Derek Harper. And he's on my own, my own team because <laughs> I go against him in practice. In practice. And, um, but no, it was just, you know, yeah. Harper, you know, he was sort of underrated he went to the Knicks some Knicks fans say yeah he was better with us than you know the Mavericks but it's just the fact that Harper played 12 seasons in Dallas and and it, and beyond that he played 12 and now he's in the middle of year eight in broadcasting with Mark Folliwell you know he's just he's been a part of the fam- family for 20 years now and you know even longer than that so it's just
0: yeah way longer than I mean it's been 20 years since he played for Dallas <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm just yeah, I'm just talking about like his time playing actually in the uniform, his twelve seasons plus the in the broadcast. Like that's not oh, even yeah. the time in between. Yeah. That, you know, he's obviously had a relationship with them, but you know, I mean, you're just looking at his his all time ranks of fourth in points. He's an all time leader in franchise history in assists and steals. You know, and you just go down the line. He's top five in almost every main category, and you know, third in games played. And third and minutes played for the Mavericks, like it's just it was a given. I mean, it, it was only a matter of time until Harper um, got his jersey in the rafters. And that matter, man, it was-
0: that matter of time though is is fascinating to me. You know, I tweeted this out earlier today that the the distance between you know getting your jersey retired and the last time that they played. So Brad Davis from the last time that he played for the Mavericks to when his jersey was retired, ten months. Ten months, Not even a full year. Rolando Blackman, seven years and 11 months. Derek Harper, 20 years and nine months. It's crazy. It, it's crazy how long it, it took them to do this. I don't have any theories about this. I, I can't even, you know, think of why they would wait to do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I mean, we 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 briefly chatted about it before the game. And, I mean, I think Mark Aguirre should, is deserving also. And um, I wrote a whole piece about how J.J. Barea should when he's done Definitely. with it. And, uh um, got some slack for that from some people, but Finley's next. No, it, it was, it was hard. Yeah. Finley and, uh, you know, Finley. So there, I mean, there's three people right there, but no, I mean, it was a super cool night all around. They had the green shirts, uh, for everyone, uh, in the whole arena. If anybody from, if comic-
0: anybody from the Mavericks is listening. Uh, green looks really good in the arena. So, uh, we should throw some, <laughs> throw some more of that green on the jerseys.
1: Uh, so like it was a, um, it's almost like a retro night. You yeah. know, we a lot of people were dressed up in the retro gear, jackets, team employees were wearing a lot of retro stuff. And the podium that they uh, were talking, the just,
0: podium that they were talking about, had the old logo on it with the you know the the Don Carter hat with the the M yeah. and the green behind it. Like it was a real big logo on the podium. It was really really nice looking.
1: Yeah, and, spe- and speaking speaking the Carter family, they had them a part of the uh the jumbotron tribute with you know Patrick Ewing and um fat was in there i put i put Um, a
0: picture of patrick ewing as he was talking during the during the thing and everybody was like oh patrick looks rough like patrick looks like he's had some like it's been (laughs) tough on him like yeah coaching college basketball is not easy (laughs) college basketball that's chasing after all those 18 year olds like at 2 (laughs) a.m trying to get them to go to class or go back to bed or oh man
1: yeah, but, I mean, it was a fun night, a uh, fun night all around. Harper deserved it. Um, sucks that we couldn't have gave it a win. Yeah. But it was just the feel around the whole night and uh, just honoring Harper and everything he's done for the franchise.
0: It was a really, really great night. Uh, one more thing I want to do before we move on from from this topic is that uh, <laughs> there's a, a quote in the Dallas Morning News from when Harper was first drafted. And uh, it was in the paper. By the way, my wife signed up for the paper. I enjoyed reading the sports section today.
1: The physical paper? <laughs> yeah, the paper?
0: physical paper. It showed up at our doorstep. I'm like,
1: all right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm all about newspapers. Uh,
0: so this is a line from when Harper first got drafted before he even, you know, stepped foot in Dallas. He said, he said, who's in Dallas? And his agent said, Brad Davis and Rolando Blackman. And Harp said, I'm better than those expletives right now. <laughs> so great because you just see him on tv now and he's you know he's pretty i i I guess soft-spoken like when you hear from him today he was just kind of like you know even keel he just seems like he is you know always he he's never like the outgoing like outlandish type person he doesn't doesn't go too over the top doesn't get too low but uh but (laughs) yeah some of that confidence that he he definitely had. And that's what made him a really really good player. And defenders have to have to have that. Like you have to just be a crazy person to be a really, really good defender. (laughs) You have to have a little bit of a, you know, I'm better than you mentality.
1: Yeah. I mean, you hear even going, and this would be a good transition to our next topic, um, but even going to pregame and to talking to Rick pregame tonight, you know, when I asked him, just kind of a broad question is kind of his thoughts and just with harp ceremony and stuff going on tonight. And, you know, Rick talked about the importance of Derek to the organization stuff, but then he turned it into how valuable Derek's defense was and how he hopes Dennis, you know, he just, he talked about that whole, like Dennis adopting that defensive mentality that Harper has. And, um, I don't, I have the exact quote in front of me. I'm going to try to put it in a piece over the next day or so, but, um, I mean, uh, it was just cool that he drew those comparisons because that's what you know. Derek is kind of known for is that defensive point guard, and but could score also too. So, but that wasn't the main thing about pregame. Oh man! Speaking, <laughs> what? How do you want, how do you want to approach this? Speaking of,
0: I'll take it. Speaking of, Carlisle's comments pregame before the Mavericks took on the Knicks last night. The reason why my mentions are currently a dumpster fire (laughs) is that, uh, Carlisle came out and said, uh, some, he had, he had some, he had some words for ESPN as well as LeVar Ball. And if you guys didn't read this article, I do not blame you. It is not really worth reading, but, uh, Jeff Goodman of ESPN wrote, an article. He's he's basically following around, and I use the word stalking in my article. He's stalking the ball the Ball brothers basically in Lithuania. He's following them around, and uh, in their new you know team or whatever they're playing for, and he asked LeVar Ball about you know Luke Walton, the coach of the Lakers, and how the team is doing. Because the team, if you guys have not been following them, they are in just a tailspin. They are now last in the the West, and I think they play. They play the Hawks. I think either to either last night Sunday or they play them tonight on Monday, and uh, whoever wins that game, <laughs> whoever loses that game is gonna be the worst team in the NBA. So that's yes. kind of where they're, they're they are right now. It's just a tailspin. Obviously, all the all the fans in LA are, are freaking out. You know, they're trying to blame people. So Jeff Goodman catches up with LeVar Ball. He asked him some questions, and uh, LeVar Ball is quoted as saying, "That's a good team. Nobody wants to play for him, being Luke Walton." I can see it. No high fives when they come out of the game. People don't know why they're in the game. He's too young. He's too young. He ain't connecting with them anymore. You can look at every player, and he's not connecting with not one of them. <laughs> so he says that, so stupid. and basically calling out Luke Walton, saying he shouldn't be the coach and all this stuff. He he went on and said some more things, but that's all I'm going to read you, just to, just to give you guys context. Carlisle was asked about this because uh, – and I think somebody just asked him just because – you know, as a coach, like, I think the question was poised to him, you know, as as a coach, if you had a a father of a player, you know, come up to you, what would you do as a coach? But he decided to answer, Carlisle decided to answer this as the president of the Coaches Association, which...
1: It was wild, too, because we just went through all of the pregame questions about just the night, Harper's night, you know, just all the stuff, and it was, like, literally, like, almost the last question, and a well-respected reporter starts in on yeah. the question. In the middle of the question, I turn around and look at Nick like, holy crap, we're actually going there. Because ah. a question like this, I expected something like this, but next Saturday, or this coming right. Saturday Not for tonight. the Lakers game. <laughs> um, tonight was just random you know, before the game, uh, and Carlisle decided to give – so an Carlisle
0: answer. goes into it. He decides to answer this question not as a coach as the question was poised. He decides to answer this as the president of the, the Coaches Association taking up for his guy, Luke Walton. All the coaches are his guys, basically. He he is always going to defend a coach. Uh, and so he says, As president of the Coaches Association, I view the recent ESPN article as a disgrace. Quite honestly, Luke Walton is a terrific young coach who is bringing along a young team, and it is, it's a difficult task. If you don't believe it... <laughs> Ask me. We're going through that now, or we were going through that last year. Let's just unpack this, you know, you know, quote by quote. So we'll go through it. Uh, let's just go to that first one. A disgrace, and saying that uh, Luke Walton's a really good coach. Man, like, <laughs> it's true. You know, he knows that that uh he knows what Luke Walton is going through. He knows coming into a you know a team that has expectations. He knows you know all this stuff, and he's he really. The, the beginning of this quote really stuck out to me that he was he was taken up for his for Luke Walton as if he was like one of his players or even like his child is what I said in the article. like I feel like he was defending him as such.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're an association. I mean, they're a coach's association just like a lot of the players would take up for the players and uh, a bigger issue yeah. uh, because they're all part of the same association. So Carlisle is going to naturally take up for Luke Walton. Um, and ESPN, I mean... Tonight, like I've had, I I disagree with what Rick does different times or says or how he maybe answers to the media sometimes, whatever it is. Tonight, I agreed 100% with everything he said. Um, And I I think you like the Ball family more than I do. Um, But I just, I can't stand what.
0: I like the ball family. Like I like waffles.
1: I love waffles. Like they're
0: really, really good, but they're not good for you. You know, you <laughs> eat them, and afterwards, like, a lot of times you eat a lot of waffles, and afterwards, you're like, I don't really feel good about that. But when you eat them, they taste good.
1: But him, <laughs> I love waffles, so that doesn't work for me. Um, <laughs> but, no, for him, you know, he called it disgrace, and it, it was like, man, like, this is awesome, because... I mean, ESPN's asked for this. I mean, they have a reporter there in Lithuania, and they're they're just falling so <laughs> bad for. Gosh, he
0: his job right now is to follow the Ball family around. It is it's it's pretty incredible. Levar, I mean, Lavar's fishing. I, un, I We're we're, we're going to continue on through this because uh, there's more stuff that he says that so we'll bring this up. But I understand why, I understand why ESPN and, and outlets cover them. no. I do. I completely understand. You you have to because this is a business. You can't just go off of like what your morals are, what you feel like, you know, is news. Like you have to go off of what the response is at times because your business, you get those clicks, you get those, you know, people joke about it. Like, oh, get those clicks. Like, yeah. You know,
1: but where's your limits, though? Like when, when do you sell yourself, you know, out? Like that's the thing. Like I mean we 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 hear all the time. We we hear podcasts and stuff about how ESPN's doing. I mean, it feels like they're laying off 100 people every 6 months. Like we see where they're going to where like where do you se- where do you sell yourself that's out? That's completely different, but Well, like where do you where do you sell yourself out to where you I mean I think they lose I, I don't think this gains people. I don't think you like that's a, You make yourself look so stupid. Like, LeVar Levar Ball is, like, fishing on the side of, like, a bank of a a pond. And he threw, you know, his line out. And ESPN has swallowed the bait, hook, sinker, and is getting close to, like, the pole. Like, they're so far. They swallowed the bait so bad for this. Like, that's the thing to where, you know, you even follow, like, I follow different uh, uh, European media sites. And so, I, you know, I do like reading up on some of these prospects, like Ekbe Udo, like last year, like how he's doing <laughs> so well, and reading how Luka's doing overseas stuff. And it was just, I mean, a disaster when he signed in Lithuania because they're like, oh, my gosh, like now we have to cover this. Like it's a burden that you have to do. You've seen college reporters talk about, hey, now that he's n- not going to be at UCLA, we don't have to cover him anymore. Like even though that they could and they could write something and get clicks, But they don't have to because people just, it's just, it sucks so much out of it, of somebody just wanting attention so bad. So when he says this ESPN article is a disgrace because it is this relationship that they have with ESPN that ESPN is giving this dude a platform and saying, like, allowing him to publish a story that is calling out Luke Walton, saying these things about Luke Walton. And it's not about calling him out like, it's just the fact that you're adding all of this stuff on Luke Walton. Whenever they do so much stuff behind the scenes and give ESPN so much access to things that they don't have to do, and that's that's what we, we're going to get into.
0: It, ESPN did not make LeVar Ball. Everybody was in on Lavar Ball when when Lonzo was in college. You know they're they're covering you know his his younger sons in AAU the. They, 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 the, his two young his his youngest son Lamello was playing in an AAU game against Zion Williamson, and it got like a million views, a million live views on Facebook Live when they played when they played against each other. They had to they had to shut down the arena because there's too many people that came in. People care about this and that makes it newsworthy. They care about LeVar Ball. They care about the ball family. They like the big baller brand. They put these pop-up shops shops out and they sell their, you know, their their stuff that I would never buy. But they, they put their stuff out there. There's lines like a mile long. They, people care about this and that makes it news. That makes it newsworthy. And this is it, And they
1: care, but they care a, because they because somebody gave them a platform. And that's the thing. Like if he Everybody was just, gave them a platform. Yeah, but now I
0: think I think he would still be big news even if even if he didn't get a platform from like ESPN Ooh, and all that stuff, I don't you can make your, you can make your own news now. You can because ESPN is so big. That's
1: the thing. Like we wouldn't be hearing as much about Lithuania right now if Jeff Goodman wasn't over there. Like that's the thing. Like, if they didn't, if if ESPN was, we
0: would because we would because everybody would aggregate all of the the videos because this Lithuanian yeah. team is is tweeting out videos and they're doing Instagram stories and they're doing all this stuff. Like, they would we would, SB Nation would do it too. We would aggregate all this stuff and we would post it on there because we get the clicks. You know, it's it's what it's all about. It's it's trying to d- decide what is news and what is not and what is newsworthy and what where, you know, it's probably between the two of us where we should draw the line is, is where, where we stand right now. But let's continue on with with what he said. Uh, with what Carlisle said. He said, uh, ESPN is a partner, an NBA partner, and they've been a great one. And by the way, uh, Carlisle used to work for ESPN. He was a broadcaster for them between, right before he was back with the, the Mavericks as a coach. They've been a great one. But part of that partnership is, the coaches do a lot of things to help them with access, interviews, all those kinds of things. In exchange for that, they should back up the coaches. Printing an article where the father of an NBA player has an opinion that is printed as anything legitimate erodes trust. It erodes the trust that we built with ESPN, and our coaches are upset because Luke Walton does not deserve it. Two years ago, he took a veteran team and led them to 24 wins in a row. That is an amazing accomplishment. Off of that, he earned the Laker job. To have a deal with these kind of ignorant distractions is
1: deplorable. Ignorant distractions, that's the best way to describe Lavar Ball. Absolutely. Like, that's the thing. It's sure. A, the what?
0: Uh, sure, it is. It's an ignorant distraction. It Beca- definitely is. Because
1: it's it's a give and take thing. Like, Jeff like Jeff Goodman's doing his job, but ESPN's stupid for having him. Why, why are we asking LeVar Ball how Luke Walton is doing? That's where we're messing up. Why give him a platform? Why give him a mic? Then he makes his comments. They publish it. The reporters... Like in LA, then they feed into it more because then they have to ask for an answer. Yeah. That's the stuff. Like that's the stuff I just can't deal with, man. Like I know it's different for us. I I, I get that because we're not supplying income off of this for our families. I get that. To when some of these I, guys, I mean, we are, but I mean, yeah, we're. I mean, we're making <laughs> uh, we're making a decent little chunk. Like, but like this is not you know the everything for our families that we put all right. of our chips into our whole right. career so like some of these guys i get that and they you know it's all about the clicks but for me i just i couldn't deal with it like even for even tonight and it's nothing against that you wrote about it because you went right into it and and went right into it but like for me tonight i was like man i'll tweet it and I, I sat there and transcribed it on my phone and and like even typed it down and i was like man i'm not even gonna like write about this because like i just tired of it like i'm tired of LeBar, i'm tired of us giving him this voice, like he means something, because he doesn't. Like, the, what's sad is I respect the business aspect of what Lavar. Like, if he wants to create his own shoe, cool, do your thing, bro. Like, you want to do pop up shots, cool, do your thing. But when you start doing this crap and people give you the platform and and dive in and, and just give you that, that's the stuff. Like, you're you're doing no good. Like, you don't have a voice in that, man. Like, and what Carlisle said tonight, it's absolutely true. And when, when we're talking about, like, i seen Jamil Hill. I've seen some of these people, you know, tweeting out tonight and saying, well, you know, basically a lot of people are calling out Carlisle and calling him kind of Trumpish, you know, and kind of say, oh, you're trying to control journalism. And it's not that. Like, here's, here's the thing. They don't have to, like, they have to do media availability, but what stops Rick Carlisle from stepping back saying, all right, just take questions. Yeah. And doing no. the Popovich, like, yeah, yeah, no. No. Yeah, no. They could do that. They don't have to do they don't have to give people like Tim McMahon behind the scene access to some of these things or give him interviews and stuff like that. That's what these coaches and these organizations give a platform like ESPN. This is the partnership that we're talking about. So can they hush LeVar Ball? No. And, like, when people like Jamil Hill or somebody tweets out and is like, yeah, this is dangerous. You know, a lot of people's tweeting this out saying this is dangerous, trying to hush. you. We, we can't disagree with y'all and stuff. No, but it is also a give and take relationship, too, to where if they're going to grant you interviews, something that they don't have to do. They're going to give you access to things, something that they don't have to do. Then you shouldn't be publishing this piece, trying to make their heart their jobs harder, and seeking out a story, going and asking Lavar Ball his opinion on Luke Walton. That's the stuff, man. Like, so yeah, I back Rick a hundred percent.
0: I I get what you're saying, and and I think I I agree with you in the sense that. Yeah, there's. They shouldn't have asked him about Luke Walton. You know, like no. There's. There's no reason why his opinion should matter about that. If you're, if you're just following his sons, if you're just asking about Lonzo, if you, you know, if you're just asking about what he literally deals with that's like connected to him, that's fine. But him and Luke Walton, do they even have a relationship? Do we even know that they've had one conversation together? (laughs) Like maybe, probably, but I I don't know. I don't know if they've talked very much or if they've had a lot of contact. But. It's what you said. It's the the uh, the the age of spin, in a sense, where you take one thing and you spin it into something else. And uh, we see this. I mean, you and I have lamented about this. You know, in the just the 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 short years that we've been covering this team, as we've seen, you know, little things where we see a reporter go up and ask a person one thing and they say something specifically about another player or the coach says something about a player or another player in the other locker room and then immediately the reporter runs over to the other locker room or runs over to the player and asks them about that specific question and then runs back and tries to get the other you know and this this back and forth and trying to create things yeah. is is not right you are right about that and I I didn't really see that at the beginning but you uh, you can't <laughs> like you can't create your own news I think and that that's sort of what they've done with this Lavar Ball thing. If it's if they're if they're just following him and covering him and, and posting what he says about you know, how he can beat Michael Jordan like like stupid stuff like that, that stuff is, you know, is whatever. But when you're you're calling out, you know, a coach that you have no business, you know, calling out and calling for his job and you know that that stuff, you're right. Like that 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 has no Place in here, and that's kind of what Carlisle was saying.
1: Yeah, and uh, he and he said when you know Carlisle got a lot of flack, especially right now on social media, for saying they should back up the coaches. ESPN should back up the coaches, and that's when you know Tim mcmahon for ESPN stepped in, and was like, "So you're trying to say?"
0: Yeah, that- I have the I have the quote here. Okay, okay. So so yeah, he's talking about backing up the coaches. He says the last thing he says was to have to deal with this kind of in your distractions is deplorable. And then mcmahon says. Are you saying that ESPN should, and he got cut off, and Carlisle said, you you got my quote. And Timmyman continues, he says, to determine what news to run based on what coaches will like. And then Carlisle responds with this. No, I'm saying that they should look at their sources and do a better job of determining whether they have any merit or validity, mm. or are they just blowhard loudmouths?
1: Best thing, it Carlisle said all year long. I mean, the and, and he and he finished by saying, "That's what I'm saying. You got that." And he looked at Tim right in the face, said, "You got that." Like Rick wasn't playing around with that. Like you met, it's like you messed with one of his boys, and he's going to take up for him. Like you got that. And uh, the, that's the thing. Like that, that comment by saying you should back up the cultures. It's not about. It, th- this is what this <laughs> this is thing. It's not about disagreeing. Like reporters are going to disagree, but when. It's what Rick was saying, when we grant you this, this, these <laughs> interviews and we sometimes do things that they don't want to do, they give ESPN favors, then the least you can do is not run a stupid story giving a, a blowhard loudmouth <laughs> a stage to try to create drama that makes it look like one of these coaches that bends backwards for you and gives you interviews and gives you information and all this stuff. Get him in trouble or bring more pressure on him than what already is like that's that's the stuff that pisses people off and pisses Rick Carlisle off and it should it should make the coaches mad and when he says that the sources determine whether they have any merit or validity that's that's the whole basis of LeVar ball like he doesn't have that but yet we're giving it to him because we're so thirsty for the clicks and we're so thirsty for those news i haven't clicked on a Levar ball story in so long if i didn't know what twitter if i didn't have twitter i wouldn't know what Levar's doing and I, the only way i know about what lavar Le, says is when i see somebody literally tweet out a quote because for me i won't click on a lavar ball story i won't click on it i just can't do it and because i'm just sick of it man like i'm sick of us giving somebody like that a stage
0: do you know that Lavar Ball was on the Carolina Panthers practice squad back in the day? Did he get rocked? <laughs> he wasn't even in the NBA, like anywhere close. He was playing football. <laughs> like talking about validity or your merit. And that's the uh, thing. Like what sucks if, is like I the, like Lonzo. <laughs> yeah, Lonzo Yeah, Lonzo is fine. You know, and the the, the younger sons there. You know, whatever too. Like they're
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like. I've followed Lonzo more and seen more interviews and stuff like that to where I like I have an opinion about Lonzo and I like Lonzo and I hate that he gets hated on because of his dad. Like that's the thing. I just just like Lavar and like what he, what what he's about and trying to do with with all that drama, but
0: if the article had had come out and said, you know, had sort of had backed up Luke Walton in the sense of saying we're not really sure where these comments are coming from you know like if the if the article went on and said LeVar ball you know I've been following this I've been following this story LeVar ball has not been with the team you know he has only sat courtside for like this many games and hasn't been in the locker room and has you know doesn't know any of this stuff like you know like if, if it if it tried to discredit LeVar in the article and you you obviously didn't read it but if it tried to do that and it didn't because I did read it if it tried to discredit him in that way, would it be different for you? Because I don't think anybody would notice. I don't think anybody would would read that and and actually they just take. Like you're quote. saying, if
1: Levar would have praised Walton,
0: no, no, no. If if the guy, if the ESPN reporter, if when he was writing this story, he gives the quotes from Levar and says that Levar says this about Luke Walton, but then try then the reporter comes in and the writes his commentary under it and says you know I want to discredit this because Lavar hasn't been around you know what is he you know he doesn't know anything about this like if you try to discredit it in the article would it no, change anything for you not
1: at all because you're still printing what Lavar ball says a guy that's got his stage off of his loud mouth and off of his abrasive opinions like that's the only way he's got his stage like off of the only way he's got his stage you know the first time I heard of Lavar ball, is when when Lonzo was playing like maybe AU or like high school ball or something, and he he recruit he he might have already signed to UCLA, and I remember he, I remember seeing the story of saying, man, Lonzo has this like really loud mouth dad that pulls off some crazy opinions about him, and then the first time I ever heard him talk was when the broadcast team brought him interviewed him during one of Lonzo's like pre UCLA games back when it was super fun to have
0: LeVar, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's like the fact that they brought him on there, they brought him on there and they prefaced bringing him on there saying, we're getting ready to bring the ball, you know, Lonzo Ball's dad on the broadcast. You know, he's an entertainer. You know, he likes to say these big things, you know, like all this stuff. We're going to ask him about some of these big opinions he shared and stuff like that. And, and it's just like, you just say it's kind of it's what we're doing, like, in the world, kind of like, and I don't want, like, well, okay, I'm not going to go down that route. But, like, it's like you just say the craziest things, and then you're just going to gain this fandom. Like, we saw it with somebody that's in a position of power right now in our country that you say, the like, some powerful, crazy, outlandish things that some people are like, holy crap, that's crazy. But it's almost so crazy that you gain a following by it and it's like wild that you gained this platform because it's like almost a contest now who can say the the craziest thing, who can give the hottest take, who can do all this stuff and because of that you can get these platforms, you can get these jobs, you can get money and all this stuff because you're just giving these crazy opinions and stuff and it's just it's dangerous, man. It's it's a dangerous slippery slope and now look where we're at. Years is of that lo-
0: why, is that why I haven't made it big yet? I haven't, I haven't given out too many outlandish, crazy opinions. <laughs> so, uh, one of our one of our writer, actually the uh, the host of Locked On Chargers, John, he uh, he gave this uh, this opinion. He thinks that Levar is a lot like Donald Trump uh, in the sense that. Well, I was
1: trying to make that, but I didn't want to like. Compliment. I'll say it. I'll say it, I don't care. He's not
0: listening. The. Uh, he uh, He's a lot like Donald Trump in the sense that I don't think he believes a lot of the things that he says. Now, I think he believes this about Luke Walton. I believe that he actually thinks that. He, yeah. Because he, he cites specific examples, talking about players not high-fiving, you know, stupid things like that. Ooh. But. <laughs> <laughs> Body language doctor. um I think he believes that, but I think the stuff like I could beat Michael Jordan 1 on 1, me and me and my son could beat Michael Jordan and his son 1 on 1. Lonzo's one-on-one. better than Steph
1: Curry right now.
0: Right, Lonzo's better stuff like that. I think he just came out and said that like you said to get a platform and to to get to that place and just to be, you know, crazy and outlandish and he saw this, you know, the hot take culture and he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm just going to be the hottest taker of, of all." And uh I don't we don't know what what LeVar really thinks about things. I think he really does think this about Luke Walton and I think, you know, like you guys been saying it shouldn't. You, uh, I don't know. It, that ne- not shouldn't have necessarily been printed. I think you can still follow him and not print stories like this. But, but, uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> most of Levar is just like being crazy for the sake of being crazy to try to to try to gain this platform.
1: No, I I, I agree one one thousand percent.
0: And aren't we glad that the Mavericks didn't draft Alonzo?
1: Yes, yes, we, we are glad. Can
0: you imagine? No. Somebody brought this up on Twitter today. Can you imagine if, if Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle are dealing with LeVar Ball?
1: They would have shut it down super quick. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the Lakers could shut it down so quick. I mean, just just by saying, hey, flat out, we're not going to take any questions on Lavar Ball. If you do ask questions on it, our simple thing is going to say, we're not going to comment on the Ball family. That's just really simple. Like, you could make that right now. And that's what I would do every single time and just they shut it even,
0: down. The Lakers didn't even like have to necessarily comment on this to, for this to be a story.
1: No, and just and just shut it down. All right, so there's also a report that came out on Twitter. Uh,
0: Sam, I, Sam Amico today came out and reported yeah, this.
1: And, and, you know, I I, I respect him. I've all followed him for a long time. Whether this is true or not, I don't know how they could pull this off. Um, but, you know, he reported and said, hey, this is,
0: this is insane to me. And I think this is the reason why Jamel Hill was upset and people like that
1: several coaches, you know, he tweeted out and said several coaches have talked about um, requesting that certain media members get their credentials revoked who are interviewing Lavar Ball, who are giving Lavar Ball uh, a platform. Um, now, I don't think that they could pull that off. Um, I, don't, I just don't think you could. I think at that point you would be entering, entering a slippery slope as far as, like, you know, who sets the standards of, you know, as far as who – who is who shouldn't be covered by the media? That would be media um, credential revoking uh, worthy of it. But there's ways around this. There's ways around this. Also, I don't think that they could get credentials revoked of any media person that's going to interview Levar. But I think they they have their ways. As they co- revoked
0: the ESPN credentials just because of the threat of robot reporters. Yeah, <laughs> that was
1: that was hilarious. I don't know um, about that. I think they but, can
0: do anything uh, they want.
1: Well, I just think that would be very, very hard to manage. You know, yeah, as yeah, far but, as you would have to, you would literally have to have somebody manage who's writing about Lavar Ball. Like, really, is some of these people going to really care about if I'm writing about Lavar Ball? Like, or I, what if
0: I just mention Lavar Ball in my, you know, like,
1: I'm yeah,
0: doing, I'm doing the preview of the Lakers game and like Lavar Ball, Lonzo's father, and that's all I say.
1: But, but, but this is something though. Like, I don't know if they could get their credentials revoked, but. It's gonna stay in the back of their mind, though. No. Like, I, I, I mean, it would me. Like, if you're, if you're Rick Carlisle, if you're one of these coaches, stuff, and you're like, all right, well, this guy works for ESPN. You know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna give this guy time of day. He requests an interview. Nope. He, he asks me questions in a media scrum. I'm gonna be like, one word answers, or I'm not gonna answer that today, or something like that. You can do stuff like that, and there's nothing we can do about it. nothing at all. And this
0: is not what Carlisle was saying specifically. <coughs> he, he just said, you know, at that last quote, was, I'm just saying that they should look at their sources and do a better job of determining whether they have any merit or validity. He wasn't saying he wasn't saying this report that came out later. Now, it's, this report from Sam Amico said that a bunch of coaches are, are looking to try to do this. I don't know if Carlisle is part of that, if he's, you know, part of that group, being president of, of the Coaches Association. I don't know if he has any part in that at all. But
1: uh, I got a question. Go. What if Lavar responds to Rick? Then, Ooh, then that's interesting. That's Cause tough. somebody's gonna ask Rick about it. <laughs>
0: somebody's gonna ask. This guy's gonna ask Lavar about it.
1: Yeah, and that's the stuff. Like, when when do we just leave it alone? Like, for me, just leave it the crap alone, man. Like, quit giving him a platform. But anyway, I've ranted. This is probably the most I've ever ranted on our podcast.
0: Yeah, this and the uh, the fans that want to tank.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know how I dislike more Tankers or Laval Bar Ball family. <laughs> Not that family.
0: Laval Bar is what you just said. Laval Le- 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 Bar. Oh hey, by the way, there was a Mavericks game last
1: night. <laughs> oh yeah. That was an ugly game though.
0: Yeah, the Mavericks ended up losing a hundred to ninety six. They had a chance at the very end. They didn't they didn't lead at all the entire game. Uh, they were tied twice, and they had a chance with a J.J. Berea jumper with how many seconds left? Was there 30 seconds left?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: And uh, it was a three, and he would have hit it and all this stuff. Uh, only thing notable that I really want to bring up in this game is Wes Matthews defended Chris <laughs> Chris Sporsinkas really, really well.
1: Yeah, really well. Got in his grill. Like they got in, They exchanged some words. Uh, he just really took it to heart, and it was just really, really cool to see uh, to see West Wes take that on. I think the only other thing. Did you just say he took it to harp? Heart, harp. Stop it. He took it. To- <laughs> he, he took it to the harp and played the harp. Uh, no, for like Derek Harper. Harper. He took yeah. it to harp. Um, the I think the only other storyline is just Dennis not playing at the end. And yeah,
0: Dennis played three minutes and 30 seconds in the fourth quarter.
1: I attended the game tonight with uh, one of my good friends. We had tickets, uh, and you know he he knows a little bit about the Mavericks and stuff, but he said, you know, your new rookie Dennis, like, why wasn't why he in the game? <laughs> um, he was like, I feel like I haven't seen him for, like, ever. And then he never came back in, and I was like – he's like, why don't y'all play him? And I'm like, well <laughs> – Good, I good question. Those, I love those opinions. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, obviously they rode the veterans and the veterans made the big run at the end. And, you know, it's hard to take JJ and Devin out when they made the run and tie the game. And I get that. Um, and I was already kind of thinking about it post game. I'm like, all right, if they win, it makes Rick look great. If they lose, even by one point, people's going to be like, why aren't they putting Dennis in? You know? Yeah.
0: Um, I think people are going to say that regardless.
1: Yeah. Um, and it was tough. It was tough. Any
0: chance that, Carlisle is showcasing these veterans for a trade.
1: No, I don't think so either. No. They they don't have anything else to prove. Like if if they random if Nerlens if McRoberts was getting twenty minutes, then that, that's a story. <laughs> but like no, everybody knows what JJ and Devin is. I mean, everybody knows what Wes is. Everybody knows what Sala is. Like they know what they already are. They know what they're getting. You showcase somebody that. You know, like a Jalil Okafor it barely plays until somebody could be like, Holy crap, like he got. He had dribble. twelve
0: points in thirteen minutes last night with five boards and two blocks. Big time. Against the Celtics. Uh Devin Harris also in the fourth quarter. So Harrison Barnes scored ten points in the in the fourth quarter, and Devin Harris scored nine points in the fourth quarter. He was three of four, hit two threes. He just did not hesitate from three tonight. He also had three assists and no turnovers and a steal. He was plus five in the fourth quarter. He was really, really good tonight. At, yeah, at the end in the, in the fourth quarter specifically, Dirk did not look super great tonight. Uh,
1: his shot was off tonight.
0: Carlisle specifically mentioned his travel uh, that he, he recently went to a, uh, a another team member's uh, funeral and uh, and so not a team member but a uh, somebody in the Mavericks organization. Uh, he traveled for that, and so they, uh, which
1: is really nice gesture. And I'll just I, I want to say that on the pod real quick. Yeah, um, a, a member of the organization. that has been with him over a decade. Um, That is close with everybody on the team and uh, knows us well and knows the players well and stuff. Uh, They lost a family member unexpectedly, and um, it was really cool to see Rick Carlisle and Dirk. They took Cuban's private plane, flew out of Addison, and took it to attend the funeral, uh, in Eastern Kentucky. Um, yeah. not a, not a very big, uh, big town and stuff. So, uh, the fact that they flew up there for the funeral, I know it meant a lot, um, to the, the guy in the organization. Um, and it's just a really nice gesture, but it was also a day of travel that wasn't planned. And yeah, I mean, he, he cites that. So,
0: yeah, I just mentioned that cause Rick Carlisle specifically, uh, called that out as one of the reasons why, and so, uh, yeah, uh, other things mentioned from this game, Nilakina versus uh, versus Dennis. Any thoughts about that? There's one play where Dennis tipped one of his passes. That was a really sweet play to watch. Uh, and then, man, there was this one time J.J. Brea came off of a screen or came around a corner and went right to the basket like he normally does and, uh, like, Frank was right behind him, like right on his tail. Oh. I just, so I watched the entire way from the free-throw line to the basket. I'm like, Frank is going to block this. Frank is going to block this. Frank is going to block this. And he just swats it right, right out of the air yeah. because Frank's arms are so long, man.
1: Yeah, he's super impressive on the defensive end. Um, I wish he played more. It was kind of weird we didn't see either one of them uh, for like the second half to the fourth quarter. Yeah. They played tough. Jarrett Jack over him, uh, so – we they didn't really match up a lot one on one, which was also Jack, weird. Yeah, Jared Jack played uh, Dennis a lot tonight. Dennis had a couple off games in a row now. He just he couldn't get in a groove. You know, it just it just wasn't a great game for him tonight. And I don't know what's up. I don't know. Just you know, that's a whole different conversation. But um, but yeah. I will plug a piece uh, coming out tomorrow, or while you're listening to this today, at some point uh, on Monday. I talked to Frank Nilakina tonight after the game about um, meeting Cuban and them overseas uh, for the first time. That was documented online. Uh, what he, if he thought he was going to be a Dallas Maverick and uh, where he thought he'd go in the draft. Blah blah blah. Matching up with Dennis. Tonight, playing against him some, playing against Dirk. So, uh, just cool talking to the kids. Super, super nice, well-spoken kid. And cool to hear uh, what he thought about Dallas and stuff before the draft.
0: It was great. It was a great night for Dallas uh, besides the uh, the actual Mavericks team. But it was a great night for, uh, for Derek Harper. It was a great night for former Mavs. You know, a bunch of them were in the house tonight. Uh, really happy. Oh, by the way, Sean Marion was sitting courtside with his championship ring. He got a nice ovation as uh, the jumbotron showed him in his championship ring, he was he was flailing it around, <laughs> showing everybody. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, it was a great night for uh, for Derek Harper. I'm kind of upset that the uh, that the whole Carlisle of our ball thing came out tonight. You think you <laughs> could have just waited until yeah. the other night? But it came out when it did, and we gotta you know report the news when it comes. So. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this extra long edition of Locked on Mavericks podcast. I know a lot of you guys out there really like the longer episodes, uh, but Isaac and I's wives will not like that very much if we keep doing these. So,
1: No, she's been making chili for like a straight hour waiting uh, for me to come in there. So. I'm about to go down some chili. Let's go.
0: I Okay, so as long as we're talking about what our wives ate for dinner tonight, my uh, my wife has been sick today. And she really, oh. she's been really wanting pancakes recently. You know when like, yes. <laughs> if you guys have any wives or girlfriends, they like want a, a specific food. They like will not yeah. stop till they get that specific food.
1: You gotta go get it.
0: One of the few things I know about women. And uh, so she decides to get delivery, uh, and she gets it from Denny's. And I think I was thinking she's gonna like she's just you know I'm gonna come home and there's gonna be like an empty one empty box of like pancakes, right? I come home and she had ordered. Four, four orders of two pancakes each. So what? Like, I
1: didn't even know del- Denny's delivered. You did
0: it. She, I think she delivered it with like a, one of those Grubhub or like, oh, you know, like okay, one of those okay. delivery like things. Like Favor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Favor. There you go. Company man. And uh, the, I come home and there's just all these pancakes. I'm like, what? why do you have all like, these pancakes? She's like, well, I was just going to get two. But then I decided to get. Then three. I got eight. No, no, no. But then I decided to get three, like three orders of two, of two, of a two stack. And then if you get three, you get the fourth one free. And <laughs> 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 so I came home there's all these pancakes. So I had one. So.
1: Heck yeah! Then it worked out. Then. Me
0: and Laker shared one. But Laker's my dog. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Go check out Isaac's piece about uh, Frank Nilakina. Go check out my piece about Carlisle and uh, his comments about Levar and the ESPN article on Maps Moneyball. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac Harris at Isaac Harris NBA. Guys, thank you so much. Talk to you online.
1: <laughs> online. Peace out.
0: Our new phrase, by the way, is going to be fail forward. I decided to change it from forest forward to fail forward. We're still going to use the trees, but
1: why are we saying fail forward? Because is that implying tanking? No, it, not, I'm no, not, it's not it's like
0: it. it's like the Mavericks are failing. Like they're not doing it on purpose, but they they just are. Like they lost they lost again last night. Yeah. You know, but they're going to continue to to fail. And as they fail, we're just going to keep moving forward, and we're going to grow from it. Will Smith had a, uh, a big. Instagram story thing with this really inspirational quotes in it. Uh, I'll post it with this, with this, uh, podcast in the piece when you guys see it. So continue to use the trees. If you guys don't know what the trees are, we, we thought that we would do forest forward as one of our, as our, as our phrase. Uh, and the quote comes from when Dennis Smith Jr. Talked about slanging.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Slanging wood. <laughs>
1: slinging wood and he was not talking about like chopping wood no, or something. No, he was
0: not. But uh so we decided to spin that into a a phrase that we could use to galvanize the troops to galvanize the MFFLs. And so now I think I'm going to change it to fail forward.
1: Hmm. I think okay. I
0: think it's a better phrase.
1: Better phrase. Better phrase to say at the end of the pod.
0: But keep the keep the uh keep the trees. The trees are good. The, I like to I like to see the trees because it represents who's a real MFFL, who actually listens to us and who doesn't.
1: <laughs> Who's the real one?
0: So if you don't have a tree, put a tree in the display name of your Twitter handle. The
1: <laughs> Peace out. Boom.